welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. Excited to talk to you guys this week about process improvement tricks. When I was asking folks on our Facebook group, also called Rev MD, folks were saying things that they were working on is process improvements. And as you guys know, I'm a pathologist and the owner of our medical billing company, National Revenue Consulting, and we love a good process improvement project. As a pathologist and somebody who just loves, you know, kind of quality and dealing with spreadsheets, and I know that it's not everybody's favorite, but we deal a lot with process improvement, whether it's efficiency in your workflow, it can be, you know, understanding kind of following the money where things are going in your practice. And so we are going to talk this week about lessons learned around tracking systems and mechanisms to help process improvement around projects you may be doing. And while today I will speak primarily about how these apply to your billing practices and denials, this really could be something that you use in terms of strategies, really in any sort of process improvement process. When it comes to process improvement, it's all about what is the mechanism by which you measure something, right? What are you measuring to start? What are you using to track compliance or responsibility, right? So if you're working in a project and you're tasking that to individuals in your in your practice, again, this could be billing related or not billing related, how do you keep people accountable? How do you keep your team updated when it comes to those projects that you're working on? And then how do you remeasure things at the end of a KPI or project that you're working on? So as you guys know, uh, we own a medical billing company, and one of the areas where we see practices and billing teams struggle is that coordination on the constant back and forth when it comes to emails, requests for files, or updates to a claim, or issues identified that need resolution, right? It's that back and forth. And sometimes with these bigger practices, or really practices over a handful of physicians, can lead to a lot of email traffic, And if there isn't a really great way to capture those requests, to capture if they've been completed, check those off, then it can, things can get lost and things can get where they're not followed up on. Or it can be one of those things, you know how sometimes you get an email and you're like, oh, I don't really know a quick answer to that. I'll have to get back to it. And then next thing you know, you know, emails get buried and, you know, you forget to respond. And so, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about processes that you can put into place in your practice to say when you have things that are going on, when it's important to track something, whether that's a whole bunch of projects or parts within a single process or project, how to basically accomplish that. So first and foremost, you guys hopefully are reviewing your metrics for billing each and every month, right? That's got to be a must. Hopefully your billing team is providing you that. We send our clients billing metrics each and every month. And this helps not only with transparency, but also allows us to be on the same page when it comes to troubleshooting issues that come up and allows us to see if we're not making any improvement, we need to kind of stop and change a process. Or if things are getting worse, we need to stop and change a process. But again, it's that communication back and forth. And sometimes the emails don't really accomplish the intended solution, right? So meaning if if I can see in a practice that 
denials are struggling, which is what we're going to talk about today, that denials are struggling. And we're passing back and forth emails and saying, hey, have you tried this? Or, you know, we're concerned about this. And, you know, even if you're exchanging patient cases, if you don't set a project around it, and if you don't have a tracker, that then you can track and have visibility into what's going on, and know who's responsible for each single part, then even if the billing team is working on the denials, if we're not having that back and forth transparency with the practice, it can be a challenge. So we're going to talk a little bit about the common issues we see in practices and then an example of how to put some of this into a, an issue tracker and then how to get responsibility attached to those issues and then be able to monitor and measure success and progress. And again, these don't have to be major issues. Even small things that come up can grow over time to a bigger issue. And so it's important to kind of have, and I'm a big fan of Excel. I think you guys know this by now, especially if you guys have been listening for um, as long as we've been on. And But I like a good Excel spreadsheet, whether that's in a central place like SharePoint or Dropbox, or we're a big fan of using Microsoft Teams because actually Microsoft Teams is really great. And no, I do not have any uh, connection with them whatsoever. But Microsoft Teams is great because you can have multiple people in the file at the same time editing it. And there's a little button in the top right-hand corner where you can say catch up and where you can see what others have put into the boxes while you've been out. So it's a nice tracking mechanism and multiple people can be in there at the same time. So say you are a practice and you do have you know, projects or things that you're keeping track of. Microsoft Teams is great because you can do, you know, like I just described, where you have an issue tracker in Excel, or you can have task lists where you assign them to people. Really, you have to have something in your practice that allows you to keep track of projects that are going on, tasks that are going on, who's responsible for those, especially if those tasks are going to take time and they're going to be back and forth between multiple people, you want to make sure that you have a way to understand, okay, what's the progress on that and where are we going from there? All right. So let's go over first some common themes that come up regarding a practice in terms of their billing issues and things that make a really good option for tracking or issue tracking. So the first is going to be eligibility issues or lack of an eligibility process altogether. And we've talked about this many times. So eligibility issues, you've got to have a good eligibility process. This is one of the most common denials. And while I love that the EMRs or PM softwares have the eligibility set up in their systems, it's not always perfect. So you have to make sure that your staff in the front office, because this is where this task belongs, know how to track down eligibility issues, right? So, you know, in advanced MD, for example, um, it'll show like a little green check mark that says the patient's eligible. If the little triangle shows red and they're not eligible, then how does the staff fix that? If the staff is using payer portals to go figure that out, or if they're calling the patient and getting corrected information, you, it's not enough to just know that, hey, we've got an issue, but how are you doing or what are you doing in order to resolve that? So eligibility issues are going to be a common theme. And um, that's something that you can have, you know, a tracker for, which we'll talk about in a minute. The number two thing that we see with issues in a practice in terms of denials, just struggles in terms of getting claims paid is prior auths, right? And you're going to really want to check prior auths 
for most of your procedure CPTs, really all of them, actually, to be honest with you, that's probably best practice, especially, you know, when you've got HMOs, they may need a referral, they may need a prior auth. And so you really just want to get into the habit of checking those. You don't want to be doing procedures without it. Number three is coding issues. So ICD-10 coding issues, not, you know, meeting medical necessity, which then results in a denial. And so the last issue, of course, is payment, patient payment issues, right? So patient AR that's climbing. And with any of these issues, right? So if your billing team is noticing this, and again, I, you know, I'm, the more I do this, the more I'm starting to realize that emails just don't necessarily always capture the audience the way you need to. But if you're seeing emails going back and forth saying, hey, we're having issues with prior auths, or we're having issues with coding, or we're having issues with eligibility, really, that's the time where you kind of need to stop and set up a tracker for these sort of things. And, and, I, and I know it's manual sometimes with these trackers, but looking at a per claim basis to say, okay, of the 100 denials that came this month, and maybe that's less than 10% of your claims, which is really that threshold of, gosh, is something going on? Or when denials kind of increase, um, that's when you can say, okay, it's time to put in a, a tracker. It's time to have a process where we're meeting, we're going over what we're seeing, and we're now going to be tracking that claim over claim. So let's talk a little bit about how you can set things up in a tracker. So one thing that you can do is set up a tracker where you can communicate around issues around global things like, hey, I'm missing, you know, the taxonomy number, or I am having issues with Aetna credentialing. And so you can have a tracker going back and forth. That doesn't mean that the emails necessarily go away. It depends on how you set up communication. But having a central place to go, hey, on April 1st, we identified XYZ issue. We are now saying that that issue, you know, here's some details around that. We've now tasked that maybe to the credentialing team or tasked that to the front office. And now we're saying, let's put a project around that. And we task it to the, say it's the office manager. They then need to then go dive down and figure out the solution to that and, uh, you know, report back to say, hey, this has now been resolved. And then you can, you know, on most trackers, you're, and we'll talk about this in just a second, but you'll want to have some sort of status, right? This is a new issue, or this is an issue that is in process, right? We're figuring it out. Or, hey, we've we've addressed this issue. This is no longer a credentialing problem. We've called Aetna. We've, we've you know, been able to recredential a provider or whatever. Then you check that off as complete. And I, I do like these in Excel because you can filter things. You can sort them by you know, priority, et cetera. And so Excel is one favorite thing. Uh, Microsoft Teams, like I said, has a really cool task feature where you can task it and put things and status it and everything. And that is one good way. Um, Excel, I just, I don't know, I like it better. Um, all right, so let's talk about good elements of a tracking system. And I'll go over kind of the seven things I like to have in my trackers. And then we'll talk about how you can apply this to really anything that's going on in your practice. All right, so the first thing is gonna be, where do you put such a tracker? It has to be a central location. You have to have a tracker in a place where everybody can get access to it. And personally, I like to have a place where people can be in the file multiple, like multiple people at the same time, because I know I'm a creature of habit. And if I'm working on something, I tend to 
keep it up in the like on one of my computers because then I don't forget to you know not come back to it the next day. So I'll I'll tend to leave things open. Um, and so if you have it in a in a location where multiple people cannot be on it on the same time, like if you open Excel, but it's in a shared location, other people can't get in there and do it. So Microsoft Teams, I like because you can have multiple people at the same time. Again, I'm sure there's many of different softwares. This is just what what we use. Um, the second thing that's important is that you have a date of entry, right? A date of discovery of when the project was identified as being an issue or when you notified somebody of something so that when you have an issue, it you it you find out when you know, it's April 1st and we put it in the tracker. That way, if you're trying to sort them by oldest to newest problems, you can do that. So data entry is going to be really important. The third is obviously some description of the issue identified, right? So are we, is it a credentialing issue? Is it a denial issue? Is it a prior auth issue? What is the issue? And I do like to have two separate columns for this. I like to have a column like labeling the issue and then a column where I can free text different uh, descriptions or, or details about the issue. That way, if I want to do a quick pivot looking at, hey, this year, what were my issues? I can do a quick pivot and just look at the title of something and be able to call out, okay, this year we had 10 credentialing issues or we had five you know, projects around, I don't know, Aetna. So again, you can kind of visualize, I'm, you know, it's like a little Excel spreadsheet, right? So we've got central location. First column I like to have is like a date of entry. And then I like to label the issue, right? Credentialing or whatever. And then the next column, I like to have the description of the issue that's identified. And that allows me to kind of start, you know, really describing what's going on. And then the next column, I really like to have the person who's going to be responsible for this. And this is really important, whether this is this sort of issue where it's dealing with billing or any issues in your office, like who's in charge, right? Who's going to be responsible for making sure that this gets done? And you can define these in two different ways, right? So who are you responsible for the next action, right? So if I've sent this to the office manager, I put them as responsible. But then if they update it and say, hey, it's been fixed, we need to rebill out those claims, then that responsibility then goes to the billing company, right? So you can have that be an editable field, right? Who's responsible for the next action? And depending on how you're using these trackers, it it can be somebody who's responsible for the project overall or somebody who's just responsible for that next action. But you have to have somebody listed in there so that when you're reviewing these, say weekly or monthly, to see like, hey, what do we still have open? Then you can go and say, well, you know, shoot, Heather was supposed to do this and follow up on that, but hasn't. So that's really critical that you identify a person who's either responsible for the overall project or for the next step. Then I like to have a column where we're talking about recent actions that were taken so that we can update the project saying, hey, you know, I've called that now I'm waiting for a call back, da, 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 da. And then you can even put little dates on there and status it. Um, but I like to have that so that when people come and you know, I'm I'm prone to look at these things at night while I'm watching TV or something like, hey, where are the projects at? What, what's going on? How are things doing? Then if I go in there and I see, well, so-and-so was able to get a call with Aetna and they've got an update of XYZ, but we don't, we haven't heard back yet. Then I know like at least moving, I don't have to send annoying emails to be like, hey, what's up with this? Um, and then, you know, when it's ready to be closed out, that can also happen. And that leads me to the last column, which I really like to have as the final status. 
And actually for most of my trackers, I like to have this actually in the first column um, before date, but is it's a status, right? It's something like it's new, it's in process, it's complete. And that's going to depend on what you're using the trackers for. Depends on what kind of status you're trying to use. So again, this can be something for communication, right? Between teams, this can be something that you use for high level projects, or it can even be as detailed as say you're working through denials. You realize that there's a denial issue in the practice. Now we're actually pulling all of the claims and statusing denials for the claims going, Hey, you know, you know, this is when the the date of service was, this is the patient's demographic information, this is the denial code, this is why we had the denial, and um, what are we going to do about it, right? Is this something we need to escalate to the practice for a write-off? Is this something we need to escalate to the practice to alert them of a coding issue? Is this something that we have resubmitted, it just needed information? And um, with those kind of trackers where we're getting more detailed, you can even have like follow-up dates, right? So say April 1st was the date that the issue was logged. You know, we've, um, you know, put a follow-up date of April 7th, seven days later, you know, while we're letting something happen behind the scenes, maybe with an insurance company. So again, you know, this is just an, an idea as you kind of think about your practice, whether it's billing issues um, or, you know, projects in your office, some sort of tracking mechanism. Again, it can be a list that you check off and assign to somebody, or it can be something more detailed if it's a specific project you're trying to really work through. But you have to have a mechanism in place so that you get out of emails. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. Like one of the lessons learned over the last couple of weeks is email is just not enough. And you really kind of have to get into the tracking mechanism. And it's funny, I do this for so many things in my life. And we're now just you know, realizing how important this is in a lot of our practices. And we're actually implementing a lot of this for our own practices. So again, just a suggestion, you know, mechanisms by which you guys can track things in the office and really hold people accountable. The other thing with trackers, right? Trackers are only good if people are going into them and using them. So, and that means, you know, leadership going in there and checking on them too. So I really recommend this and, you know, this is something that can get you out of emails. Again, emails will never go away, but then you're not like trying to figure out like, oh, who sent that last email or what was that update? And this just allows for better organization. So again, I hope you liked our podcast this week. If you did, if you could do me a huge, huge favor and go to Apple Podcast and we are RevMD and leave us a review. We are trying to reach more and more listeners and this helps us move up on the chart to be something that folks can find and come and listen to. And again, we are a full service medical billing company. If you are needing services, please don't hesitate to reach out at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com and head over to our website, nationalrevenueconsulting.com. All right, you guys have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon.